0: On today's show, Kevin Durant has requested a trade. And while half the league has already called the Brooklyn Nets, there aren't many teams that could really pull off a deal. We'll get into the most realistic trade destinations for KD, plus a rapid start to free agency that saw a lot of deals get done. We'll get to some of our favorites. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked on NBA, your daily podcast on the NBA. However, you may be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Mares on today's show. Jalen Brunson is on his way to the Knicks, and the Lakers are taking a different approach to building around LeBron and Anthony Davis. But first, Kevin Durant took the NBA offseason and just set it on fire, Adam, hours before the start of free agency. We got reports that Durant has requested a trade from Brooklyn. Before we get to where he may end up, what does this say about the Nets and their super team experiment and where they go from here?
1: I mean, it was a failure. Of course, that's one thing it says about it. It was not just a failure. It was a disaster. What it doesn't say that's more interesting to me is that it's the end of super team era. We see a failed super team in Brooklyn, maybe just leading to multiple super teams elsewhere. Once again, perhaps in Los Angeles, maybe down in Phoenix as well. But, um, you know, it's so clearly a disaster how it's worked out. It looked like Brooklyn wanted out of the Kyrie. And even if that meant KD situation, it sounds like KD wanted out of the Kyrie situation. Sounds like everybody wants out of everything. Um, So to me, it, it was an absolute failure. And the fact that we have Kevin Durant personally asking Joe Tsai for a trade the day of free agency, it just it just shows what a disaster the degree of which a disaster this was.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> I you still bring in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving ten times out of ten if you if they just want to walk into your cap space. And um you can't blame the Brooklyn Nets for doing that, but you know, I, I think we're getting to a point. You mentioned that the the super team era is kind of dead here. And Look, I think player agency is good, more control over where these guys get to play. I think that's good. It's good for them. They deserve it. They're the best of the best, you know, whatever. But I think when that control spills over into how other people do their jobs, that's not good anymore, right? When you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving calling the shots on the coaching staff, who the head coach is, personnel moves, like they they have agency over where they play, because they're the best at what they do, right? They're some of the best players in the NBA, but they're not the best coaches in the NBA. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are not some of the best GMs in the NBA. And it seems like they wanted to do their jobs too. And that's where I think that this, this player agency and all this stuff, even when you're getting superstar players like KD and Kyrie, that's when the diminishing returns start to creep in and you get this. You get just this absolute disaster where you had the Nets front office realizing that control had completely been taken away from them. They try to wrestle it back. Bridges are burned. And now you lose the players that you just you, you spent all these resources to get in the first place.
1: I mean, building an NBA champion is so hard. It's one of the hardest things to do because you, it's got to be a balance between the talent, the chemistry, the buy-in everybody pulling in the same direction from ownership to to front office and management, to coaching staff, to players, to everything. Like all of these things are so delicate. And when one of those gets thrown out of balance, you can have a lot of talent and it makes up for those margins being bad. Maybe your chemistry isn't great. Maybe the buy-in isn't great, but you know what? The talent is so overwhelming. But when those things fall so far out of whack to where there is an imbalance in that, and maybe even an unappreciation for the various different you know, roles within an organization and how they all lead to winning. You get an example like what you have in Brooklyn, which was so clearly the case. And, uh, you know, it's tough. The The Kevin Durant part of all of this is so fascinating because he came from what I, he he's coming from, what I consider to be the greatest sort of organization in the modern NBA with the Golden State Warriors, a great co-star and supporting cast in Steph Curry and the rest of the Warriors. And didn't like that Went somewhere else gets the taste of the exact opposite of that. It's a disaster. And it just shows you just how, I guess,
0: tenuous all of this is. Yeah. I mean, the organizations matter. The people that do their jobs, that all that stuff matters. You you mentioned how hard it is to build a champion. It's more than just Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving going to a team and just doing their Rucker Park thing. Like that's not, that's not good enough in, in today's NBA. It's just so hard. It is so hard. And I think that's the lesson learned with Brooklyn.
1: Can I say something, though? We all during the pandemic watched the last dance and we got the education of, uh, you know, the Jerry Krause uh, versus Michael Jordan thing through the eyes of Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, And it's funny because the framing of this is almost as if you have a general manager who thought he was better than he was and didn't respect the player this or that the truth was is that you had a general manager that put together a winner and a player who was by far the most important player in the history of basketball that helped them w- that led them to win those. The lesson is that both sides mattered did one side think the other that think that they were too important maybe maybe both sides thought they were too important but both of them did, did things and i think and, and it's just kind of funny the way that narrative was told obviously through the eyes of michael jordan who had final edit on on how it was told but also how it was consumed from everybody watching it just almost taking it at face value this yeah, yeah that's right and i think we're just watching things play out in golden state watching things play out in Brooklyn and watching smaller versions of this all across the league and going, it probably is a collaboration amongst an entire organization.
0: Uh, Well, let's, let's look at what Kevin Durant does next here because now we have reports that already half the league has called Brooklyn. It's probably more than that by now. Um, Kevin Durant listing Phoenix and Miami as his preferred destinations. Now, obviously, you know, the Brooklyn Nets don't have to trade Kevin Durant to Phoenix or Miami, but he does have some agency in this, right? They, it it kind of feels like, yeah, they are going to trade him, despite the fact that he has four more years left on his deal, that they're ready to kind of move on from this, this experiment. The, the, the interesting thing to me about this and trying to figure out where it is that Kevin Durant is going to land. There's two different interests that need to be satisfied, right? You have, but they're the same thing. You have Durant wants to be competitive wherever he goes next and the nets want to remain competitive, For a lot of different reasons, but at the bottom competitive? line,
1: competitive.
0: Well, they don't have any, they don't have any of their own draft picks because of the James Harden trade, which right. another knocked that one out of the park. Because um, <laughs> all of them are owed to Houston, so there's no use in tanking. It kind of feels like if you're going to move Durant, you want to get some good players back. Like, I don't think you just want a bunch of. You obviously probably want to replenish your draft picks, but it's Kevin Durant. You could get the draft picks, you can get the good players, right. you can get all right. of it for Kevin Durant, or you should be able to at least. Um, and so, like. The 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 destinations where Durant could stay competitive, and it's not like a Kamala, Carmelo Anthony to the Knicks situation where they have to completely gut the team to get him, uh, and where you're getting a return as Brooklyn that you could get some good players back and still remain competitive. That middle part of the Venn diagram is not very big, Adam, and so right. I just I don't know how this how this ends up or what kind of deal we end up seeing for Kevin Durant. I mean, you
1: also wonder, like, I think we're all sitting here checking our phones. It's going to happen any second. It's going to happen any second. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, this is also part of your negotiation, as we have seen with James James Harden in the past, uh, hardball with Ben Simmons in the past, that sometimes that initial wave sets a price. You wait a while, price goes down. You wait even further, price goes back up again. And maybe we get into a situation, I hope not, because i do not enjoy when the conversation around basketball is not around basketball but around what player is sort of holding an organization hostage or vice versa but i mean that's that's kevin durant is that caliber of player and his contract is such having the four years left him being in his relative prime still um that this is such unprecedented territory that if you're brooklyn you you owe it to yourself to make sure you get the best value not just the first value so We'll see. I do think if you mentioned the two teams, though. Miami and Phoenix should be mentioned. Both were one seeds last year in their respective yep. conferences, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. Well, um, it's yeah. the
0: Kevin Durant special, man. Like, <laughs> He's he got a type.
1: He definitely has a type. Um, obviously, if as somebody with a team in the West and the Denver Nuggets, Phoenix is a terrifying option. That's, that seems like yeah. a really great fit. And there's a centerpiece of that trade in DeAndre Ayton that makes the most sense. Although, I'm not sure,
0: can Ayton be signed
1: and traded? I think there might be like a... a That
0: might not be possible. Well, yeah, you have like the base year compensation thing. And obviously at hard caps, Brooklyn, if you acquire DeAndre Hayton. And um, by the way, the other part of that is if if another team like kind of swoops in and offers DeAndre Hayton, like if the Pacers swoop in and give DeAndre Hayton an offer sheet, doesn't that sort of tie it up? And now Phoenix can't really do anything with it um, other than match it, I guess, and then try to move them. But um, there's there's some stuff there. I'm sure that these front offices, if you know Kyrie Irving hasn't fired the entire Brooklyn Nets front office by now, I'm sure they could figure it out, some of the calculus there. But um, if I'm Brooklyn, I don't know that DeAndre Ayton at $40 million a year of whatever it's going to be is great for me. You know, like DeAndre Ayton kind of, he's a good player. I don't know that that's like the rebuilding piece that I want next to Ben Simmons and all this stuff. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what Brooklyn's really looking for. I mean, Mike, if you put Michael Bridges in there, that's a nice piece. Um I don't know. I like I think a lot of the what's so interesting to me about this is like the on paper offers. Like there's going to be a million of them. Memphis, they could throw a million like 10 million to 15 million dollar good young players at Brooklyn and be like, "Here, here's a bunch of guys. You can kind of just be like what you were before you got Kevin Durant. It's a bunch of really good culture-oriented young players who who play hard." Um I don't know where that leaves Memphis with just Kevin Durant and and, and John Morant potentially. I I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's interesting to Brooklyn. With Miami, the other team, like they can't move Bam Adebayo to Brooklyn because Ben Simmons and Bam Adebayo are both on you know rookie five year rookie extensions, and you can't trade for right. two of those players on one roster. So does Bam get moved to a third team? What does that look like? Now you're jumping through all these hoops. Uh, is Tyler Hero and a bunch of other stuff enough to get it done? I don't know.
1: By by the way, I kind of. Th- believe and this is even from talking to some people i kind of believe that there was a, a little shock value to the kevin durant situation i think everybody kind of looked around and said hey this could be a possibility I mean, let's keep an eye with the Kyrie news maybe he leaves what does that mean for kd i think people knew it was kind of a possibility but i don't think this is a thing people woke up this morning organizations woke up fully prepared for kevin durant to be available i think it's
0: a thing that threw a wrench into the system at the 11th hour uh i'm with you i know that the heat <clears throat> were preparing for <clears throat> excuse me they were preparing for Kevin Durant to make a run when all the Kyrie stuff was happening. And then Kyrie opted in the heat's front office, just paused. They just sort of paused right. their Kevin. Like they didn't like, del- they didn't put their notes in the trash can, but they just sort of filed them away. Right. And in the case that maybe it happens down the road and then everybody wakes up and that couple hours before free agency starts Kevin, Durant's like, yeah, you know what? I actually do want to be traded and puts that phone call into, into Joe's And, and I think, I think teams did just sort of, <laughs> kind of bring their note their notebooks out again and flip right back to the page you like okay what were we gonna do for kevin durant let's get back onto this thing um i'm a little surprised by how quickly some of this other free agency stuff moved considering that it felt like kevin durant just like threw this grenade into the middle of free agency um a lot of other moves did get made so i don't know i i really don't know how many realistic destinations there are for kevin durant considering what's already been done in free agency and what kind of teams are looking to acquire kevin durant like toronto has been a name that's been thrown out there like would they move scotty barnes for kevin durant i don't know like kevin durant plus pascal siakam plus fred van vliet that's a really interesting trio uh does toronto want to just kind of give up their future for kevin durant and try to win a couple championships in in the next four years i don't know you'd have to ask them i have no idea all right um all right coming up the knicks get their point guard finally but how big of a difference would Jalen Munson really make but first Today's episode is brought to you by by Arcade One Up, the one, the only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger than ever with a wait-for-it Shaq edition machine. Yeah, just like those old-style arcade machines where you used to play NBA Jam. This one with a big old Shaquille O'Neal on it. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again, play hoops with NBA legends in this arcade classic. Jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire in one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade, the number one up.com. For an estimated early September ship date, Arcade One Up is the place for fun. They've also got more classics like Golden Tea, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $3.99. Check this out. They are giving away an NBA Jam Shaq Edition to a locked on listener. Giving it away. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com locked on. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th to enter to win the NBA Jam. Shack edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? We'll discuss the Lakers' new approach to building a team around LeBron in a minute. But let's go to New York, where Jalen Brunson will sign a four-year, $104 million deal with the New York Knicks. He canceled his meeting with the Mavericks, never got the meeting that he claimed that he was going to have with the EAT. And so Brunson ends up where we all expected him to end up without much friction at all. Adam, your thoughts on the deal now that it's basically done? I mean, what
1: friction is there to be had with a deal that size? $110 million? Isn't that the reported number? $110 million over four years? Um, Don't know that you need a lot of friction. We all know he wanted to be in New York. I think those rumors were popping up as early as a year ago. And that price point i mean we everybody i think has already discussed this because again this was news that came out a couple days ago this was a thing likely to happen it's a lot of money for a guy in jalen brunson who i love i think is really good but that hits cornerstone piece type money and 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 i don't see him that way but um it's interesting i actually think it's more interesting for dallas than it is for the knicks and just in Hmm. that some this was one of those deals that put dallas behind the eight ball because you needed brunson in some capacity you just didn't need him at that price and losing your own players in that way hurts more. Um, So I I think it's interesting that way, but my thoughts are good for Jalen Brunson classic Knicks. Um, We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Sucks for Dallas. When you let your own homegrown guy that you got in the second round walk away for nothing that it's really hard to just sort of replace that, especially when you consider the Mavericks recent draft history, which has not been great. Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic are basically their only successful draft picks recently um and so uh that's it's really tough yeah you know you've got um Spencer Dinwiddie you've got maybe Tim Hardaway coming back you've got uh maybe Goran Dragic involved reports that he could end up in Dallas so you've got some short-term solutions but long term that's it's just it's it's so hard to replace something like that when it walked when, when when a second round pick that hits that way walks away for nothing um also one of these reasons why I think You know, like the heliocentric stuff with Luka Doncic, everybody will argue, you know, your offense is always better when the ball is in Luka's hands. But this is why you kind of want more ball movement, more sharing, more egalitarian kind of styles, because maybe if you have that, Jalen Brunson doesn't feel like he needs to go explore greener pastures. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just a thought. But uh, sometimes
1: I will say sometimes players just want larger roles. I mean, we've seen this with Jeremy Grant, now OG Ananobi, guys who I think are actually And here's what's funny, Jalen Brunson, maybe he proves us wrong, by the way, but he says that there's more to his game that he hasn't been able to show. I feel like he was in the perfect role for for his talents. That really helped him. He's in the Western Conference Finals. I think that's the best use of him. But I do like your point about maybe that just rubs players where there's like a shelf life, especially for young players for that. It -hmm. certainly feels that way. I just, in this instance, I feel like it's more a player mischaracterizing what they're best at but hey someone's going to give you 110 million dollars to prove everyone wrong you take it
0: yeah you know the the downside of it is not that bad um i'm going to swerve here i know that we all like to make fun of the knicks and 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 i do too nobody likes to make fun of the knicks more than i do but um i kind of like this i kind of like this for new york the more i've thought about it uh they have had zero good point guards over the last 20 years i don't know like the best one that comes to mind is like pablo prigioni it's it's a slight exaggeration, but you know, <laughs> what I mean? like it, 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 they they this is not a team that is decorated with great point guards over the last few years. They've sort of been, been searching for this signal caller over the la- for, for, for a long time, and you're trying to get the most out of young guys like RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin and these other guys to have just like an adult on the room. And I know Jalen Brunson's young, but he, he he plays a mature game. He's a, he's, a, he's just a natural tr- sort of traditional point guard. He's obviously a good isolation scorer, really good finisher. But he plays hard. You hear about the leadership skills and all this stuff. I actually think he's he's a good fit. You had to overpay, yeah, but you have him now in place. And I think he'll help raise the games of your other young pieces uh, and potentially be the kind of guy that, all right, you know, you get a year of kind of making it your team, but then eventually maybe R.J. Barrett blossoms into that star that you hoped he'd do it. Or maybe there's another star out there that sees Jalen Brunson Leading this offense and says, "Hey, boy, I, I could really be a part of that." I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe I mean, sure. Uh, it, it's just it's a, it's just an easy thing, and it's an easy fit, and it's just an adult in the room on a Knicks team that that felt like it needed one. This, this
1: just feels like a really low bar. I mean, yes, like... is he? Yes, a good, admittedly, it is a low bar. When you say he's a good point guard, I agree. He's a good point guard. It's a league full of good point guards. I don't yes. know where he ranks. If we were just to say, where does he rank there? He's certainly not like a top five point guard. You know, he's not, he's not mm-hmm. one of those. And then when you talk about, you know, the goal is to win a championship. Does that move bring you closer? The only thing I will say about in terms of moving it closer is, I think analysts especially like just you know fanalists people you know people that enjoy watching the game or this or that i think they overstate the idea of like it's not good to be in the middle i think it's bad to like aim to like cap out at the middle but i actually think right. in miami is a good example of this you don't always have to completely bottom out gut everything suffer through a slow climb and then get back to the top sometimes you can actually get to the middle and it allows you the flexibility to trade pieces around and get, and get a lot better. And the Knicks might end up being a team that is like a six seed, five seed, whatever. But it raises the value of enough of these other players because all of a sudden they're in the spotlight. They're on a good team. They're in mm-hmm. good roles. And all of a sudden they're able to pivot from that into a completely different version of a team that is a one or two seed. So maybe that's the hope, um, but I, I certainly look at this move and feel like at best it's a step one of a further process that oh, will... Yeah finalizes something completely different
0: oh for sure you mentioned the goal is winning a championship i think for the knicks the goal is like just like get into the (laughs) play-in tournament for now let's start small baby steps uh uh as expected bradley beal signed a five-year 251 million dollar extension with the wizards uh feels like one of those deals that washington had to make bradley beal had to sign because it's a a, a lot of money but um he's gonna be making a, a ton of money on the back end of this thing when he's 34 years old what do you think about this extension which which one was this one again? Bradley Beal, five years, well, 251 million.
1: So I actually think that they had a pretty interesting little off season here mm. with Washington. Like they had some interesting things happen. Obviously, they signed Delon Wright as well, got him on what I thought was pretty, you know, decent value. They brought in Monte Morris as well. You get Will Barton, who's from Baltimore, you know, so maybe you get like a little bit of something extra out of him as he's a sort of a homecoming of sorts. This is a team with a new coach in West Unsell Jr. Went through his rookie season. Looked like maybe they were spinning the wheels. Maybe Bradley Beal was going to go, Maybe you know, whatever. And I look at it and I go, this is perfect. Bradley Beal's a great player. You get him on this contract. Is it rich? Sure. But he's a good player. He's a superstar. And if it doesn't work out, you can pivot from him. But I kind of feel like giving him not just one, but now two point guards and Monte Morris and DeLon Wright, he'll always be on the court with a traditional point guard. I feel like that makes sense. And, and it's a really good... I'm I'm not in on Washington to be a great team, but I'm in on them being like a step away from being a great team, hmm. which which they felt like they were a step away from being from imploding. So to to kind of rebound all the way back to that, I, I'm intrigued by them.
0: I mean, Beal had to take the money. It's a lot of money. Uh, that's why everybody in the league expected him to take it. Uh, I don't know. I, it kind of feels like you're Bradley Beal to me is like a number two on a good team, sure. and you're paying him number one money. And I just—it's—it's—it it, really hinders you from a cap flexibility standpoint. But again, I just—I don't know what the other option for walk- just let them go away, walk, let them walk away. Like that's, that's aren't not we seeing a feasible this all thing.
1: over the place? Like we this are. is the thing about the NBA is that really you win championships by getting guys on discounts so like you get great players on yes. discounts and often when you have a homegrown talent a la bradley Beal, you end up having to pay him an enormous amount of money i mean the Nuggets have just committed the richest contract in nba history to nikola Jokic. is he worth it he's a two-time mvp well no he's question. worth it
0: no yeah, question he's a he's two-time mvp bradley Beal, not a two-time mvp but uh, my i point- wanted to ask you about the Jokic thing i mean okay what it what does this mean for the Nuggets? Uh, it, I mean, obviously it means that Jokic is staying, which I don't think right. I expected that to be different. But
1: Well, first of all, I don't know if anyone's told Jokic that he has the contract yet. Nobody's heard or seen from him. There's no pictures. I mean, he, you know, he Serbia played a friendly today, I believe in Latvia. He was not in attendance. Um, who knows where he's at? But what it means is, yeah, Denver has the security of knowing him. This was, I think they knew this all along. He's come out and said it. This was the least, tense a supermax has ever been negotiated usually there's some kind of post rig or what have you this was one like he unprovokingly said hey if they give me a supermax, i'll sign it right away they offered it to him he agrees to it right away boom so um you know it provides denver stability i don't think it is five-year stability the way he signs a contract I, we've been around the nba the last decade we know this denver has to produce for him to feel comfortable yeah. staying but it at least gives you confidence that hey, you got this guy locked up for a while. He's he's along for the ride. He likes the direction. As long as he continues to like it, you've got your guy. But like Bradley Beal, this is a contract that is so large that it does make you wonder. It's not just a regular max, super max. It's a little bit extra. An ownership has to group yeah. has to pay, and it does factor into things at some point. Um, and that's why I say it's so hard in the NBA with some of these things. like Bradley Beals. He overpaid, sure, but you have to give it to him.
0: I have to give it to them. Uh, we've already seen Denver make a, cus- a couple of cost-cutting moves already, right? And in, in, but in, in anticipation of maybe the supermax. But now is not, now is the time, right, to make the most out of it, especially before the supermax really kicks in, I guess. But the Nuggets um, need
1: to spend money right now. I mean, yes. they they've had a very weird off season. <laughs> They end up signing DeAndre Jordan as the clock struck uh, six o'clock Eastern time. It was the got their guy outside of the Jokic Supermax. It was the next move, I think, within five minutes, a very bizarre move. I don't I don't know if there was a really hot market for DeAndre Jordan, but they got that done right away. Um, but yes, they did make some cost cutting moves and it makes you wonder, are they going to dip into the luxury? tax? They, They are going to dip into the luxury tax, but when you have a two time MVP at the height of his prime, you go deep into the tax. You use yeah. all of the resources to your advantage. And Denver so far has not done that. They still have a taxpayer MLE that they don't have don't have assigned to anyone just yet. They also have a $9 million traded player exception they have not used yet. So we'll see. Yeah. Clock is ticking for them for sure.
0: Just a few more. Uh, John Morant, he signs his extension. Devin Booker, his max extension. Carl Anthony Towns, his max extension. All the guys are sending their max extensions, but none quite as large. As Nikola Jokic. I don't think his life changes at all, by the way. Like, what is he buying with this? I don't know. I've asked this, I've honestly
1: asked this question <laughs> because when you sign like a $50 million deal, you know, you get a new car, you get a new yeah. house, you get these yeah. things. When you sign a $270 million deal, like the only point of
0: that kind of money is to invest it. And I don't think Yoke wants to invest his money no let's hope he does i don't know you just you set up the rest like your family never has to work again your grands grandkids are nah, already taken care it. of that yeah. was
1: already taken i'm telling you now you have money know. that you have to like put it places yeah i don't know am i gonna buy a soccer team or something am i gonna i don't know what yoke's gonna do there's only That's so many horses
0: you can buy <laughs> i know there is there are only so many horses there's a finite amount of horses and he could buy all of them um <laughs> We're going to talk about our other favorite free agent signings uh, here in a minute. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball news and betting lines. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's quickly go through some of the other deals that got done Thursday night. I want to start with the Lakers. They add Lonnie Walker, Damian Jones, Troy Brown Jr., Juan Descano-Anderson all on smaller kind of deals uh they do lose Malik monk to the Sacramento Kings got a nice little payday for him uh, my takeaway on the Lakers at least they're getting young guys at least they're just not going after the dudes with their their pictures uh signed on the uh you know on the weird like barber shop from like 30 years ago they're just like they're just signing young guys who kind of make sense and sort of fit. It is
1: an interesting one because we've seen a lot of players in a competitive market, take discount deals to go to the Lakers. Troy Brown, Jr. Juan Toscano, Anderson, Damian Jones, Lonnie Walker, I guess was a discount. I think Lonnie Walker maybe could have found a little bit extra money on the open market. That, that one, that, that, that was an interesting assignment, but those other three guys, those were guys that were only going to get those minimum deals anyway. So I look at this and I go, the Lakers were in a compromised spot as were as every team that was counting on free agency to be a win. They're looking at guys and thinking they're not that good, but we got to have them. The Lakers just ended up signing three of those guys. One just kind of Anderson wasn't playing for the Warriors. You know, Troy Brown jr. Wasn't playing. Um, so yeah, they got some guys that can play, but not necessarily guys that are going to be impact players in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yep. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for the Lakers, I guess. Um, Let's get to some other ones, really, just like lightning round kind of stuff. Okay. Just tell me, like, quick thoughts on, on, on sure. what you think of these signings. PJ Tucker to Philadelphia, three years, $33.2 million. What do you think? Uh,
1: interesting. You know, he's a really good player. He obviously still had a lot in the tank, being with t- two consecutive conference finals teams, one champion, of course. So he still has something in the tank, but for, to win. This is a three-year deal. The guy's my age. <laughs> three year deal, like I'm not making plans three years. I'm not making athletic plans three years in the future. I'm not signing up for a marathon three years from now. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a crazy. I think all of Philadelphia's moves are those types of moves where you go, yeah. if it doesn't work right away,
0: they're looking at a really ugly scenario in in short order. If I gave you ten million dollars right now to run a marathon three years from now, would you do it? Yeah, you would. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually kind of like this for Philly. I, you know, if you're they're acting like a team, that feels like they're a piece away from getting to the finals. I kind of like that. It's it's a little bit of chutzpah with them. I, I like it. I know that you just got embarrassed <laughs> in the second round with Miami. But, hey, you've got an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. Yeah. You've got a superstar on James Harden, who you hope will be back and better this next season. You've added some other pieces. You made – you know you traded a draft pick for D'Anthony Melton on draft night. You've gotten P.J. Tucker. You're just – right. You're, you're making the moves on the margins to try to get yourself up. The, I it, like it. I it, like
1: it. Like Daniel it. House, by the way, is one of the better deals. Like $8 million yeah. over two years, $4 million a year, basically. Like he's worth more than that. When you're talking about everybody needs a little mm-hmm. bit of 3 and D. But here's what their team is. Daryl Morey only builds boring teams. You're going to have Joel Embiid isolating and you don't have any place you can help off. You've got shooters all around, 3 and D players all around the perimeter. You got James Harden isolating at the top of the key. You can't help off. You got shooters all around. They're just going to play this two-man game where everybody else stands there and is capable to knock down shots, and it's going to be really boring and extremely effective,
0: and you're probably going to finally get the MVP for Joel Embiid. Kyle Anderson to Minnesota, two years, $18 million. I like it. What about you? Uh, I, I love it. It's, a fanta- yeah.
1: it's like a match made in heaven. Um, yeah. He's a high IQ player, a connecting piece. Uh, they need it out there. They've got some star talent. I think he's going to be very good there. Um, they retain Torrey and Prince. Like They have some... I, the, Minnesota is a team that I think is primed to take a leap next season, like a meaningful leap next season, and maybe pull up a Memphis Grizzlies
0: and surprise some people with how high they climb. The Nets re-signed Patty Mills and Nick Claxton. They traded for Royce O'Neal basically as soon as the Kevin Durant news dropped. Um, So that happened, I I guess. Uh, Unless you have an opinion on that, we'll just keep moving on. I Uh, JaVale McGee signs with uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Reporting around that is that he might be their starting center and you have Christian Wood as your power forward. Um, I don't mind JaVale McGee in Dallas. It was kind of a rich three-year deal, but, you know, he's a guy. It was a real deal. That's
1: what's so interesting. I mean, you you knew what their formula was. They wanted Rudy Gobert. You know, maybe DeAndre Ayton. Like they want a guy that they can roll to the rim and provide that rim gravity for for Luka Doncic. It is a bit of a departure from where they've had. Now they've had the Christian Wood types before, and like a Powell, for example. But this is a departure where you go back to that one five instead of a five out. I think it'll work because Luka Doncic is that special and JaVale McGee is that athletic that he's, his yes. rim gravity is really, really tough to deal with. Um, but it, but it is, I do think of the five out Mavs of this year were probably the better version and, and the Jalen Brunson thing, as we talked about, I think it's a step back still, even with JaVale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it doesn't work out, you just bring him off the bench. Christian Wood starts again, and you go back to the five out, and at least you just have, have the option of JaVel McGee, which you didn't have before the vertical, the verticality that you're talking about. We're coming um, up on, by the way, ten years. It was the 2013
1: playoffs where JaVel McGee had one counted, one good playoff game, and it earned him a giant contract.
0: Like and he's this, stuck in the NBA ever since.
1: <laughs> he's been in the NBA, and everybody's still betting on him, and he's a good player.
0: Uh, Bobby Portis back in Milwaukee, four years, $49 million, right in line with what people were reporting and expected. They also add Joe Ingalls to a one year deal. I'm not sure about the value on that. Uh, but a a good veteran player makes sense for them. I think six and a half million he's hurt. He's probably going to miss half the season. This
1: is a smart play. This is a really smart play. When you are a team like Milwaukee, you know who you are. You know who you're going to October, November, December, January, February. That's, those are survive months. You're not going to have him available for most of that, if not all of that. That's fine. Guess what Joe Ingles is? A a guy you can count on in the playoffs to make the right plays, guard his position, play team defense, and knock down open threes. It's a great play. You pay for a full season, even though you only get two months of him.
0: Uh, I, I thought it was the perfect spot for him. It's the two months that matter, right, for, for yep. a team like Milwaukee. Tyus Jones goes back to Memphis. Two years, $30 million little surprising, but I I thought it was really smart for the Grizzlies to lock up their backup point guard. That's a lot of money. It is. Tradable. Tyus Jones was wanted on the market. (laughs) You could trade him. Uh, Nick Batum back to the Clippers. Two years, $22 million. Amir Coffey back to the Clippers. Three years, $11 million. What do you think? I mean, I, here's what I think is just talking to some people around the league. Ballmer
1: has opened up the checkbook. Like this guy does not clear, appear to be concerned about spending money. And I think Amir Coffee. when you talk again about 3 and D type players, Amir Coffee fits that role. Everybody wants one. So how is it that he ended up signing this deal for so cheap to, oh, by the way, go back and be buried on a bench where he might not be in the rotation on some nights, three years, 11 million. Are there not? 20 teams around the league that could have taken a flyer at that price on a guy there that, Hey, we don't need you to necessarily make every shot, but can you just be a threat to make shots and, and guard your position and use your length? I think there's a lot of teams that could have fit that bill, but he's a restricted free agent. And I just mm-hmm. wonder when Ballmer says I'm willing to spend whatever. I wonder how many organizations look around and say, we can't make a restricted free offer, a uh, free restricted free agency offer to a Clippers player. Cause Ballmer will just match it and it'll waste 48 hours of our
0: time. That's really interesting. I mean, Bomber and Lakeup are just operating in almost a different NBA right now with the amount of money that they're spending. Um, Marvin Bagley resigns with Detroit, three years, thirty-seven million dollars. The Pistons love Marvin Bagley, I guess. So <laughs> Kevin Knox is the Marvin Bagley of small forwards. They also
1: got. They also have him. I just love it, man. you take all of the busts. you take all of these busts that have like the physical tools like all yeah. you just redraft them you go back to your draft notes and you're
0: like real physical profile moves smoothly. I like it. What was the problem again?
1: Oh yeah, everything else
0: <laughs> uh, Anthony Simons extends in Portland four years hundred million. I like it. I like it for Portland really? lock them up. Uh, you know 20 million a year or 25 million a year is rich? But if you're trying to win with Damian Lillard right now and you're trying to show him, hey, we're we're investing and this guy took a leap last year, it's one of these things where you just sort of have to do it. Can you win in the playoffs with
1: Anthony Simons and uh, Damian Lillard on the court together? Defensively, is that guarding anyone?
0: Probably not. Uh, I think if there was a model for it, it's like staggering the way that Golden State did with Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. Now I know that's not an exact kind of thing uh but uh, if you're Portland maybe that's sort of the idea I, you need scoring you need scoring and if you don't have Simons like who's the other scorer on that on that roster other, other than Jeremy Grant like you need somebody to come off the bench and do stuff I don't know.
1: everybody's fawning over Portland and I do think they're better and obviously Lillard like not playing last year depressed how good they actually can be but I'm just not buying them I, I I've never been a big Simons guy yet. I'm I just not there I, yet with you. I don't yeah. think they're a good team.
0: Again, I, I, I get why you do this. You kind of have to. You can't just let a good young player walk away from nothing, fit in, in, in defensive concerns, you know, whatever they are, right. but you know, whatever. Uh, another extension, Lou Dort, OKC, five years, $87.5 million. Makes sense. Good for that him. It's a little
1: surprising, though. I mean, if you, we just talk about all of the guards that they have there that you want playing minutes, there's actually like six or seven of them. So. That's the only thing I thought there is. This looks like a
0: deal that gets moved next year at the deadline, and maybe even swings the playoff race. Last one I have for you, Isaiah Hartenstein to the Knicks, two years, 16 million dollars. Kind of like this for the Knicks. My huge Hartenstein, Knicks. huge Isaiah Hartenstein fan.
1: Heart eight eight million dollars a year over two years. He's going to outperform that contract. I don't yep. love all the other things the Knicks are doing. Here's what I'll say. You know what? They might have themselves a nice little starting five. I think that Hartenstein is going to be the third, maybe third best player on that team overall next year. There's, there's one for a hot take for you. There you go.
0: I like it. I don't disagree with it. Um, all right. A lot more free agency news to come. We only got to probably 80% of what actually happened, uh, but that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcast for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat. Adam is over on Locked on Nuggets. Thank you for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. Have a great weekend, Adam.